baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Afternoon at the tone. Pacific Daylight Time will be. It's five o'clock. Five o'clock. One step closer to my own personal health. This is Prime Time on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Prime Time is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Rob. I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sikanik. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. All right. Welcome back. Hope you're having a nice little Friday. It's your sports bros, Rob and Souk. I'm Rob. Sir. Sir. Big Souk right over there. Right here. Dead sir. Just taking in some NBA uh, Celebrity All-Star game, where apparently the theme this year is people trying to prove that they can dunk. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all we're seeing Hudson so far. Hudson throwing down, is she? Uh, Micah Parsons, Puka, that high jumper, a couple others. Did Puka dunk? Yeah, oh yeah, Puka threw down. How tall is that dude? Oh, I think Puka's like six foot. 5'11", six foot. Damn, dude. Dude's an athlete. Again, I think the only reason that he and Micah Parsons are playing in this one, probably there's some serious side action going on. If Puka's 6'2". You know he's 6'2", bigger than I thought. Oh. And again, they're they're proving that they can dunk. It's a big deal in the athletic world when you can dunk. Every every non basketball well, player wants to prove. Yeah, but if you if you were if you were in the celebrity game, yeah. and you could dunk, yeah. you would. Yeah. You would certainly that's, want to show that. That's the whole th- Micah Parsons is there to prove that he can dunk. That's the only reason why he's there. That and the sideline reporters. <laughs> and this weird white dude, this hillbilly guy, this guy's fascinating. He's just he's straight out of the Ozarks with his neck beard. I bet he has an S T D. He's from the south the way, somewhere. The jokes are coming in hot and heavy. Yeah, on the uh, STDs yeah. in the south. <laughs> the south it just itches more. <laughs> that from deal <laughs> just means more penicillin. Yeah. Look, it's it's different down there. You in the can't south. spell the deep south without STD, and the south just can't spell. <laughs> ah, good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. And if you don't know, what we were talking about. Uh, apparently, the South is riddled with STDs. Well, they have the highest rates of STDs yeah. of any states. Almost exclusively in the South. That and Alaska and the Dakotas for some unknown reason. All right. Well, coming up here, we will have uh, Joey Harrington at 530. We'll talk about Chip Kelly to Ohio State and uh, the state of Oregon football as it heads to the Big Ten. Uh, in our next segment, I've got uh, college basketball coach audio where, mm. you know, I kind of get tired of these coaches whining about NIL. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I totally get it. I think this guy makes a point. And this guy, yeah, what he says, it's like he he puts it in a pretty good perspective. Yeah. Everyone's uh, everyone's dealing with it. People are tired of hearing about it. But the, the truth of the reality or the, the reality of the whole situation is is that this is this is probably the number one concern of every coach now in, in the world of, of college athletics. I think he does a nice job summing up why we're seeing such an exodus from right. college sports from some of the older coaches. Yeah. So we'll get to that next. Uh, coming up in the club, will it work? Miami Beach is trying to break up with spring break. <laughs> 
what? Have you seen that? No. So, you know, spring breakers go there and yes. there's all kinds of violence and yeah. uh, it is an absolute it's a problem. S show. They hate it. Yeah. And they're now, I will tell you what they are trying to do to stop people from coming there. <laughs> they're at the and o- you tell me if you think it will work. The only place in the world that's like, please stop coming here. I, I kind of enjoy this. And we have another case of, um, wait, he shoved what? Where? Ooh. It's never a good thing. Uh, right now, the Hot Five at Five. Oh! Hot Topics, Hot Opinions. Oh, golly, I'm hot today. And Hot Air. It's time for the Hot Five at Five. That's hot. The Hot Five at Five on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot Five at Five with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you on the fan by Victorico's Mexican Food. The most popular burrito spot in Oregon. Online at victoricos.com. Number five. Well, we knew this was coming, but Nike announces a resizing. Yes. 2% of its workforce will be laid off. I like when they resize. Yeah, it's just code for we're chopping an S ton of jobs. Yeah. And they say that more could be coming. Uh, Tiger Woods had to withdraw today from the Genesis Invitational, his own damn golf tournament. Yeah. Not because of his back or his leg. Nope. Nice. He says he was sick. He's sick. A.K.A. I got the runs. Flu-like symptoms. He says he was dizzy and dehydrated. Almost went to the hospital in a ambulance. Yeah, they brought out a fire truck and an ambulance, but apparently got an IV and some clean shorts, and then they took him out in uh, in the car. Uh, as for the tournament, uh, by the way, he was one over when he left. One over did make the cut. Yeah. But he had a long way to go, so who knows if he would have made it. Yeah, Patrick, it was like on hole six, I think, when he bowed. Patrick Cantlay is your leader. He is 13 under, and he leads by five. Crispy. Going into the weekend over Luke List, Jason Day, and Mackenzie Hughes. It's a pretty good little leaderboard, though. Will Zalatoris is six under. Uh, Xander Shoffley, also six under. Number Tony Finau, Hideki Matsuyama, five under. Zalatoris went 29 on the front today. Right, and he Scotty hit a, Scheffler, four under. Yeah, he hit an ace. And uh, won a car for him and his caddy. And Scotty Scheffler had a meltdown where he chucked his ball. That was going around Twitter today. Where he what? He threw his ball. He was so upset. Oh. Yeah, I saw he made double bogey. Uh, anyway, uh, where are we? Pac-12 Board of Directors, meaning the Beavers and the Cougs, pretty much, announced that they have mutually agreed to part ways with <laughs> Commissioner George Klyavkov. And he's gone. Finally. This will be well. He's not gone yet. Well, this will be effective February 29th. So <laughs> he wants two more weeks of pay. I'm guessing that for the next however many days, the next two weeks, that George isn't going to be doing a lot of things. I'm very confident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are saying more details about new leadership of the Pac-12 will be announced next week. I'm still. What do you think that means? Well, they got to hire someone to try to figure out what the hell is going on. I mean, they bought themselves two years. Aren't they in bed with Oz uh, or? Uh, um, you okay? With Ozzy Smith? No, I not Oliver Luck. Didn't didn't they say Oliver Luck's helping him? Yes. Try to he, he's, he's some sort of consultant, so maybe he's the guy, but they're gonna have to figure out someone to put in charge because whether you merge with the ACC, whether you merge with the Mountain West, you try to rebuild on your own. They got two years to figure it out. Really they've got about a year, a year and some change to figure out what they want to do. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. The suspension is related to a prescription medication he did not have a therapeutic use exemption for. Most people are saying that this is likely Adderall. 
a lot of guys take it, but you do need an, an, uh, an exception for it uh, because they're saying it, it was it's under the performance enhancing, but it's it's not steroids, it's not HGH, so it makes sense that it's something in the the Adderall line. And by the way, if that's true, that's the most expensive Adderall prescription of all time because uh, it voids his contract at this point. So the Raiders, if they want, can just be done with him and cost him about 11 million bucks. And most people think that they'll be done with him. Yeah, he's expected to be kept. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Number two. Blazers have signed Duop Reith to a standard three-year NBA contract. My man! He is averaging nine points and four boards a game. He is shooting 38.5% from three. Look, you got to admit, there hasn't been a lot of bright spots uh, for this Blazer roster. He's been he's been a great pickup there coming from the G League and his his road to get here. Kudos to him. Scoot Henderson earned his way back into the starting five last night, and the team was instantly down 30. Well, all you have to do to earn your way back into the starting lineup, by the way, is have everyone else get hurt, and then you're in the starting lineup. But to be fair, he has played a lot better. Yeah. That stretch they had when they went east, when they went like 1-7, he was awful and he has gotten a lot better by the way blazers coach chance billups has been named a finalist for the 2024 class of the basketball hall of fame oh how about that that'd be cool yeah see chance going a lot of people do think he is a hall of famer hell of a player yeah and scoot had to get on a plane because he's the only representative he's for the blazers there. at the uh, all-star game i thought sharp was there but he's hurt now. well he's got the oblique thing, yeah so. so he can't yes is he there or does he just not even show up i don't know but scoot after last night he had to he had to bail he's like i gotta catch that plane i gotta get to that lake so he's out there just at the say something. Star tyrese halliburton is being interviewed looks like where's waldo yeah dude well. and he's a i think he's great I've, I've seen interviews with him he is a i tyrese halliburton is wonderful yeah but these guys look absurd. You little try hard in the fashion yes, game. Yes, they're just trying so hard at the fashion, and it's like, I just want some guy to show up in a in a suit, a nice a nice starched white shirt and a nice freaking suit. Dude, nice you would, try, you old white bitch. It's not say, happening. Old man yelling at clouds about God. to come out. Well, he looks absurd. Well, look at him. Can I ask too? Is there any chance that those glasses are actually prescription? No, no. chance. No. He's just wearing those glasses, uh, you know, for. It, he, they, he looks like Where's Waldo. He does. And those glasses are, are, are non-prescription, guaranteed. Um, two juveniles have been charged with crimes connected to the Super Bowl parade shooting in Kansas City. Uh, they are gun-related charges and resisting arrest. Uh, the police department there says more charges are coming, but they had to. They had a 24-hour window where they had to charge them or they had yeah. to release them, so they, they hit him with this. Uh, they're also saying that... Um, there could be other there are other shooters that they are still investigating and it they sure could be charged. It sure sounds like this is just a gang conflict, does it not? I mean, everything you read, yeah. it just this is yeah. two 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 groups, two gangs that were at the parade, uh, words exchange, whatever, and and bullets start flying. Do you hear what T Swift did though? Yeah. Hundred grand, right? Hundred k to this uh, to a couple of the kids who are overcoming uh, gunshot wounds. Well, no, I think, no, 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 to was, the family was, of the lady. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, to the family. Yeah, that's right. The woman who died, um, she has a GoFundMe. Their, her family put up a GoFundMe, yeah. and Tay Tay donated fifty k twice. Yeah, and it was Mahomes and Brit Brit who were going around visiting the victims. Yeah, they're visiting the victims, and they've put up a. There, there's a bunch of different uh, funds that are popping up for victims, and, and you know the, the community is rallying around them. Um, uh, really doing a great job of it and you just feel obviously horrible because you know one person doesn't get to recover from did that. you see what the um the guy who the guy who tackled the young kid mm -hmm. one of the kids that got arrested yeah did you hear what he said did you read his account 
Dude, it's harrowing. Yeah? He said that basically that kid who they tackled, half of his face, like he said his jaw was gone. He got shot. Oh, the kid. The kid. Oh, gosh. Yeah. He, he said, got shot by one of the other gangs. I don't know, but he just. Well, I would assume. I mean, He it, said half of his jaw was missing. Wow. When he tackled him. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, it, it was, sure looks like a gang shootout. They weren't shooting at spectators. That's the thing. I mean. But they had a semi-automatic rifle. Yeah. Well, again, gangs tend to do that. So the gangs were firing at each other. It makes sense that of the people that were hit. One of yeah. the shooters got hit. Well, and I think that's why there were so many young people hit because yeah. a lot of them were young, were young in the same yeah, area. In, yeah, they're all hanging out together. Because the the one photo you have of the guy that that got tackled, he looks like he's he's, he's like yeah. thirteen years old. Yeah. It's crazy. Victorico's Mexican food brings you the hot five at five, the most popular burrito spot in Oregon. Order now at victoricos dot com. We'll hear a college basketball coach whine about nil next, and then we'll interview Joey Harrington on the fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, we'll talk about uh, Chip Kelly and the State of the Oregon program. Coming up next with Joey Harrington. It's officially story time. See if you tell us if you can uh, tell us a story. Be better. I would hope so. I mean, it's right there in the title. <clears throat> um, but first, a uh, little audio. Saw this guy. He is. Uh, you won't recognize him, but his name is Mike Boynton. Mike Boynton does not ring a bell. He's the head coach at Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, basketball, yeah. and uh, he went on about a minute rant about NIL and recruiting, and I thought it was pretty good because uh, I, I'm normally one that just kind of rolls my eyes. I'm you know these guys griping about this, yeah, because I'm just like you know just yeah. this is the reality. Deal with it. This right? is it. Deal with it. Or if you're you know if you really hate it, do a Chip Kelly. Yeah, you know you don't have to stay where you are. Um. But I thought this was actually pretty good, and he galvanizes quite well, or crystallizes maybe would be the word, quite well, um, just how it's changed. This is Oklahoma State coach Mike Boynton. Recruiting's never been a challenge until recruiting didn't became not recruiting anymore. Like, what I had to do to get Kate Cunningham here was way more difficult than what it takes to get players on campus now. It's not even the same thing. It took four years of making sure I was there more than Bill Self and making sure I was there more than Roy Williams and making sure I was there more than all these other coaches who had national championships and Final Fours and all these NBA guys. I had never coached a guy in the NBA as a head coach. I hadn't coached an NCAA tournament. But over time, the relationship mattered enough that he believed that I was going to do the right thing by him. I can't work that hard anymore. Not when you can say, here's, hey, here's $500,000 to come spend nine months over here. I like you, Coach, but I might get hurt this year, man. And all you got is a scholarship for me. And I still got to give those books back at the end of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. It's a great point. Look, I, 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 you put it that way, it's like, dude, yeah, why even try? <laughs> it's like, you get, you can try to lay the groundwork with Kid Cunningham, but you're not getting him if you don't have the money. No. And can I... 
the only thing I'm gonna I'm gonna hit pause on here for a little bit is you've had to pay Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham didn't come to Oklahoma State for free. Um, wasn't as expensive. Obviously, it wasn't on board. Can we? That that's the that's the one thing about these coaches that drives me crazy. Stop acting like you didn't have to pay for kids. Okay, D'Anthony Thomas got paid to come to Oregon. It, it, it happened. There's a reason why D'Anthony Thomas flipped on signing day. And everyone was like, oh my God, he didn't go to USC. Because he took USC's money too, probably. Wink, wink, nod, nod. You know, you don't think Roy Williams was paying people? You know, Rick Patino. I mean, we, how many scandals? So now it's just above board. So yeah, it's. I do feel for him that if you don't have the money, you it, it is. It's not even worth it anymore. Or you can build a great relationship. And if someone can pay that much more above board because now the, the the price for these kids is certainly way higher than it used to be you know for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you used to be able to go out and get a five-star kid now it's going to cost you two million bucks and wasn't it always too that didn't we have a coach tell us once that you know it was there are kids with their hands out yeah um or back you know i don't even say back in the day but you know prior to all this nil stuff yeah there are you know there are kids that are going to have their hands out but there are also a lot of kids that that don't that yeah um uh, but now everyone does i think what he's saying now is like it doesn't even matter to put in the work for anybody because yeah. they all have their hand out yes and i can't blame them why why would you and so this is why in, in we've said this time and time again if you don't have your nil in order nothing else really matters when you're talking about playing with the big boys. And that's why Chip Kelly left. Yes. Right because there. his NIL was an absolute And that's mess. why Boston College guy left. Yes. And it's and it's largely why a guy like, it's not the only reason, but it's why you're seeing some guys, all of the, the Nick Sabans of the world, just say, I, I, I don't I don't need this anymore. The 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 story that's going around, and I, I do believe it's true, it's been confirmed by people that are, are very tight in is that the day after Nick Saban lost to Michigan, 12 of his players came into his office and said, I need more. And by the way, that's not what the coach is supposed to do. There are rules, <laughs> laughable, that separate NIL from the coaches and the university. <laughs> but you still have kids coming into Saban and being like, hey, man, I need more. And I guess that was kind of the straw that that broke its, its back. So it's it's not even that you have to just get Cade Cunningham on your campus once he's there. You have to pay to keep him. Although in college basketball, obviously it's it's a lot of one and dones. But um, I don't know. It's it's the reality, and I feel for him in some way. But at the same time, I don't have a ton of sympathy. Wasn't it Oklahoma State too that was wrapped up in that whole um, shoe scandal, like with the feds and everything? Didn't they? They lost. I don't know. If Boynton was there, but at I think that they. Time. I think they were tied up into but it. But I yeah. think they lost one of their assistant coaches or something from that. Yeah. So they were. You know. But now we're like, oh my God, we have to pay right. players. No, you just have to play players more and you have to pay yeah. more of the players and that's what you're upset about. And now more schools can pay those players. Well, I think you he, know. I think what he's, I don't know, I, I, I'm i somewhere in between. I, I get what you're saying, but I also think he's saying now it's just so, it, the cat's out of the bag on yeah. all of this to yeah. the point where it doesn't even, <laughs> I, I don't, I, why would I put in the work for this kid if I know we, you know, yeah. we can't outbid. Exactly. Um Oklahoma. Yeah, there's there's really no more swiping kids by and it building used to be great relationships. Yeah, you do could that. you could build great relationships and you could come close enough and um you know to you could give them something, but now again, if you know that you can pony up you know, a hundred grand and you know that someone else has a million, you know you don't have any chance. It's gone from recruiting to essentially a silent auction. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. It's free agency without a salary cap. And I think you're gonna see more and more coaches bail. 
because yes. of that. And I also think that has to do, this this has a lot to do, and none of them will really say it, but all of the legends that have retired in the last yeah. four or five years, yeah. all of them, yeah. they're all thinking the same way on this. Saban, Jay Wright, Roy Williams, Coach K, Jim Bayheim. All of them. Yeah, not dealing with it. They don't want they. Yeah, no. it's just no. different game. Yep. It is. It is. I've been it, doing it this way for years. I'm out. It's an entirely different world. And if you're going to play with the big boys, you better be a Dan Lanning type that lives and breathes this 23 hours a day. All right. Um, let's get Joey Harrington in here. Story time. Will he tell us a story next on the fan? Story time with Joey on 1080 The Fan. <laughs> All right, it is story time with Joey Harrington. Officially story time season. Tell us a story. Go. So I jumped ship in Hong Kong. Made my way over the little course in Tibet. I told him I was a looper. A jock. You know, a pro jock. A caddy. So I get to the first D. And who do they give me? <clears throat> the Dalai Lama himself. Flowing robes. Grace. Striking the Lama. <clears throat> Twelfth twelve son of the Lama. Striking. So we get to the first tee, and I have him driver. <clears throat> long, long, big hit of the Lama. He looks at me, he hauls off, and hits one into this 10,000-foot, base this 10,000-foot crevasse. And he looks at me, and he says, you know what he says? He says, Gunga Galunga. No, 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 Gunga Lagunga. No, no, Gunga Galunga. <laughs> that's, that's pretty well done. It was, uh... <laughs> That's uh, I'm, I'm gonna say so that's we get probably to the 18th, and, and he's gonna stiff me. <laughs> I say, hey, hey, llama, you know, how about a little something, you know, for the effort? And he says, there'll be no cash today. But when you die on your deathbed, you'll receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me. Which is nice. Yes. <laughs> that is probably 85 to 90% correct. That is, that's well played, sir. Now, if you could, could you keep going? Just, just recite the whole movie. <laughs> the quotable Caddyshack? <laughs> oh, Danny. Oh, boy. No, uh, I probably shouldn't go to that scene. Um, you know what's so funny is, like, you think of those movies that are like, oh, man, that's so incredible. And then you look back on it, it's like, oh, man, you know, that probably wouldn't fly real well today. So um, you start to go down one of those scenes, and it's like, oh, oh no, I probably shouldn't say that on the radio. Oh, but what about that? No, probably shouldn't say that on the radio. Caddyshack, Caddyshack is just on acid. universal. You know, what do you do for fun? <laughs> Skinny ski. That was a good story. Thank you. What do you think about Chip Kelly stepping down from UCLA to be an offensive coordinator at Ohio State? Uh, I think if you knew Chip, it wouldn't surprise you. Ah. Why? Explain that. He, did, well, he I mean, doesn't want to. We know he doesn't want to deal with a bunch of the crap. Yeah. I mean, and let's let's be honest. Like, in order to compete in college football today, you have to. You got to be knee deep in it. You do. I mean, you've got to be not just paying players, right? Which is what NIL has, has become, but you've got to, you have to recruit the incoming players, provide them with enough financial 
compensation to quote unquote make it worth it. And then at the end of every season, you have to go and recruit, re recruit your own players so they don't leave. Right? And then you have to recruit out of the transfer portal to replace the players that you didn't retain from your own program. Meanwhile, like it, it's just become this absolute it's it's become a monkey poop fight is what it has. Like, you know, like and and if you and I say if you knew Chip, like when Chip was at Oregon, he wasn't warm and fuzzy. He wasn't doing you know, sit down interviews and, and, you know, fire time with, you know, story time with Chip. No, he just wanted to coach football. He wanted to call football plays. He wanted to think of like, he was that guy that was just like, leave me alone. Like you brought me here to do a job and that's to create an innovative groundbreaking offense. Let me call football plays. And it's gotten to the point where head coaches in college football they don't just, and to a certain extent, it's always been that, right? You know, Bilotti was the CEO. Bilotti was the coach of the coaches. But now you have to be the coach of the coaches. You have to be the friend of the alumni. You have to be the the sugar daddy to the the not just the players, but the players' families. Right. You have to be the best friend of the players. Like it's it's just this role, this college football head coach has become just a, a, a mess. And I and frankly, I, I wouldn't want to deal with it either with it either. It's not like he hasn't like guys made enough money, right? No one chip he's you know, Chip's not out there buying yachts and you know, he's I'm sure he's been smart with his money. And he's not living paycheck to paycheck. So if so if Ohio State says, Hey, you want to just take a step away from all the garbage and just call football plays? I'm sure he said, hell yeah, I want to do that. With better players, you know? I mean, yeah. UCLA, they're not really committed. So, I mean, it's one thing to to want to jump into the new age college football if you've got all the support and the backing. It's another if you know that your hands are tied. And I, I get what you're saying about him. He He wasn't interested either way. I don't think he was even interested at Oregon when he was at Oregon. That's what's weird about it. But um, no, he, that, that's my point is he was never yeah. doing it. Like he was never a man yeah. of the people at Oregon. He won football games because he was a hell of a play caller and he was ahead of his time. He was, he was pushing the envelope and his offense, what he was able to do on the football field made up for his shortcomings, or I should say allowed him the grace or the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not leeway, but like, you know, what he lacked in personal relationships, he made up for by winning 10, 11 football games a year. Yeah. You know, what's amazing is in this, this question just popped into my head. We were talking about this yesterday. It's like, if I told you it was right after the K state fiesta bowl. Okay. So the, they kill K state. They only lost one game that year, but it was the wrong game. And that's the bowl. They got chip Kelly leaves, but two years prior, he plays for the national championship. If I told you at that time with, you know, that in that Kansas state game, I sat you down and I'm like, Joey, 12 years from now, Chip's an offensive coordinator. He leaves a Power 5 head coaching job to be an offensive coordinator in the same league. Oh, by the way, Oregon is one of the favorites in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 doesn't even exist. I mean, if I told you all of that at that time in 2012, you'd think I'm crazy, but that's exactly what happened. So my question, the question that popped into my head about that is, 
What do you think happens if Oregon keeps Chip Kelly? Are they, in a weird way, in a better spot now than if they had kept him? It's a damn good question. No. You don't think so? That's a good job, sir. That's a damn good question. Yeah, it is. Um, Got me thinking. When he left, I was curious to see what would happen. Right? I was, I was, I would say not frustrated, but you know, I would have loved for him to stay because, you know, like I said, they were one win away from. An undefeated season had been a national championship. They were on a roll. In a certain way, football caught up with him. And some of it was rule changes. You know, some of it was just the evolution of the game. But what Chip was doing at that time was so innovative that they literally had to make rules to to curtail what it was that he was doing, right? You know, rules about substitutions on defense and, you know, remember how Nick Saban was up in arms that his guys were getting so tired. And, and so in the way that everything is cyclical and every, you know, every good thing comes to an end, there was going to be a time when the rest of the football world caught up with chips offense. It wasn't going to last forever. And I almost wonder now that you've, you know, you've, you've posed that question and maybe he thought this, that it was the right time to leave. Hmm. Right. You know, well, I mean, look at it now. He's, he's the head coach. He was the head coach at UCLA. They were below average for his first couple of years, you know, get to an eight win season. Do they have a nine win season? I'm not quite sure if they got that last that year, far. right? Maybe with a bowl game. Did they get nine? They? Yeah. I thought they did. But I mean, you, you, you cover over, what was he there? Five years? No, four, uh, four, uh, COVID year, maybe whatever, whatever, whatever it was, you know, it's ish four five, six ish. He had three under 500, you know, so he was probably a 500 coach at UCLA. I think Granted, the talent is different. I think he's right at 500. It's right. It's right there. Yeah. And I, I wonder if, yeah, six seasons. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I almost, I think it has allowed Oregon to to branch out a little bit, and and it's and it's funny because there's there was and and I was definitely included in this, like the discomfort of stepping out of that of that of the family, right? Mm-hmm. There was safety, there was familiarity, there was you knew what you were going to get, but you know, looking back on it um, and seeing how football has evolved. I, I, I don't know if Chip, you know, I don't know if, if he wouldn't have suffered the same fate. Um, 
I don't know. It's a really interesting question because I I think football has evolved. I do think it's defenses have evolved. I do think it's a testament to the structure, like the 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 bones which was built, which you know you Brooks, Bilotti, Phil, Nike, you know all that. Uh, Certainly the ads and the hires, but you think about after Chip left, you know Helfrich had his his moment in the sun and. But you go, you know, from, from Helfrich and Taggart and Cristobal, and like it hasn't necessarily been all sunshine. And you look at a lot of programs. Virginia Tech is one that I always compare to Oregon to, like an East-West sort of thing. Um, obviously, I think Oregon had more resources dumped into it, but kind of rose up uh, and, and were kind of the modern day. Hey, we've arrived. But after Beamer left, Virginia Tech's never been able to get back and. Oregon kind of stumbled their way through a little bit, but sure seems like they came out the other side. And and that, I, I think that's a testament to just, like I said, the, the structure of the program. I, I mean, I, I agree. Um, what was your original question? <laughs> was it like, do you think, like, like I'm trying to. Are they better off with, with the way it went with him leaving as opposed to hanging around? Yeah, you stumped him. Caught him. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do. I, I think that looking back from this perspective, from, from this point, looking back right now, I think they are better off now than they would have been had Chip stayed. I agree. Because I think Chip, I think college, you know, football would have caught up to what Chip was doing. Chip doesn't like recruiting. Nope. Chip is not a people person, right? For the same reason that he left UCLA to go call plays at Ohio State, Chip is an X's and O's person. And like we were just talking about, college football has has become a mess. A mess of parents and cash and endorsements and transfers. And in a weird way, the Helfridge to Taggart to Cristobal to Lanning, you know, whatever you want to call it, fiasco or upheaval or, or unsettled, you know, just, just uncertainty, I think has allowed us to figure out what is not necessarily what's important, but what is going to last, right? What is it that college football looks like? And, and it's, it's one of those funny things where like only through failure and only through loss, do you actually truly, truly learn, you know, what it is that you should be doing. You know, winning hides a lot of mistakes. Winning hides a lot of, a lot of the crap. And I think that, that had chips, Stayed, I think a lot of the crap would have continued to, to hide and in, in that, you know, call it six, eight, 10 year stretch allowed Oregon to, and, and the athletic department and the football department to kind of figure out what, what it looked like and what it means to truly be relevant and, and not just a, you know, uh, a one and done, but a, but an every year, what it's going to take to be relevant in college football year after year. And, and I don't know that that chip as a head coach, 
And I think we see it with him leaving and going to call plays at Ohio state. I don't know that chip as a head coach necessarily would have been on board with what it takes to do that right now. I agree. And the ducks are in great hands. I mean, look, it doesn't matter what chip Kelly would have done for 10 years. I'll take this. I mean, I, I don't know that they could be in better. Hands. No, I don't. I don't either. And that's, that's the irony of this whole thing yeah. is, is, I mean, what, what seemed like what had so many of us like in, I don't want to say a panic, but just like really like on the edge of like, what the hell is going on? Like, are we going to lose 30 years of what we've built? But I think it's, it's that, and credit Rob Mullins and credit that, that athletic department for, for finding the guy who wanted to be there. Right. You know, finding the guy who want to, who truly wanted to embrace Oregon, who wanted to embrace college football, who wanted to embrace the job, the challenge, like, man, like every time I think about the landscape of college football, I, I just am grateful for Dan Lanning and his staff and the, and, and for them being there and, and for, for the commitment they have made in Eugene. All right, let's pause. We're with Joey Harrington here, courtesy of Mods PDX. When we come back, how will Oregon do in the Big Ten? And we'll wrap up the Super Bowl with our friend Joey when we return here on The Fan. Story time with Joey on 1080 The Fan. All right, we're back with Joey Harrington, courtesy of Mods PDX. The future of building is here. You know, we, we were talking about Chip Kelly and the, you know, the state of the Oregon program. What's also wild to think about is that Oregon is waltzing into the big 10. They're the favorite, maybe the favorite. I mean, I outside of Ohio, I think Ohio state, <laughs> Ohio state is, is technically the favorite, but Ohio state has, yeah. they have to come to Eugene to play. I mean, outside of those two teams, I mean, those are probably the two most talented teams in the league. And that's unbelievable to think about, right? That Oregon is in a situation where they're going to the big 10, where that's kind of scary. It's like, I don't know, but my God, they're better than pretty much every team in that league, at least on paper. Is is this okay to time an okay time to say I told you so? <laughs> you kind of did. Yeah. Well, I mean seriously, well, you guys have been making a big deal about. Wait a like, minute! Oh my God, it's Wisconsin! No, oh my God, it's no, oh my God. It's no, like, no, no. Every time I no. say, like, look, it's 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 not that much different. Uh, but see, I think it is. I just think I think there's two different things here. One is Oregon is just in a really good spot. A lot of good transfers. They got Dylan Gabriel. That they look better now than they did a year ago, two years ago, obviously, right on on paper. So they're just better. But I still think it's tougher in the Big Ten than it is the Pac-12. I just think it's deeper. I I I, I that that's just what I think. I I just think maybe the upper echelon, Oregon, it fits right in with the Ohio States and the Michigans. But I I just feel like it's deeper. I mean, there's 18 teams in the damn league, and I just think some of those road yeah, games. And you don't play half of them. No, I know. And last but, time, and last time I checked. It was one of the teams from the Pac-12 that was in the in the national championship game. Well, that's true, but it right? also doesn't really matter in a sense that the the tournament's going to 12, so you can stumble a couple of times. If you yeah. lose an extra game in the Big Ten, it doesn't matter. Just get into the tournament. I guess, right. My And my point is that the upper echelon of the Pac-12, Oregon and Washington, were two of the, what, four, five, three, six best teams in the country? And I'm right there. Well, last year. Right? But again, I, 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 think they're de- I think the Big Ten is deeper. And always has. But you been. don't play half of them. You don't play eighteen games well, in a season. But my point is, is you don't get you you don't get as many cupcakes, even if you miss you miss some teams. But you, you know the gimmies, 
when you look at a Pac-12 schedule, there are gimmies. I think yeah, when you look I at it, Indiana is probably Indiana is really tough. So oh, is Purdue. Get at it. They. I guess you're that's right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Those are tougher God, games. Minnesota is an absolute yes. power. Sorry, tougher Rutgers. game. I'm, I'm sorry, Rutgers. Yes. No, no, no. My my fault. Um, Maryland. God, they are yes. such a powerhouse in football. You're, you're making my, my case goodness. for me. No one's saying they're powerhouses, but all three of those are tougher games than the than Cal or Stanford or whomever. Really? Yes. I, I'll put this out. Let, put a, Put a Twitter poll out there. Who would you rather play, Stanford or Rutgers? Who would you rather play in college football, Stanford or Rutgers? Okay. I'll, I'll put it out. I go ahead. Go ahead. What are we betting? Because I will. I will. I will put. I will. Uh, you name the terms. I guarantee you. What if I people said would rather play Rutgers than Stanford? What if I said let's make this fair? And what if I said? What, Stan- How is it not because fair? you My name point. three because you cherry picked you cherry picked two of them. You said Cal and Stanford. I said Rutgers and Maryland. yes, and you said uh, Purdue and Indiana. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do those four, and then I'm gonna do Stanford, Cal, and then you pick the other two. Pac-12. I don't know the old doormats of the Pac-12. The old doormats? <laughs> you mean Colorado? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll put them in there. Sure. Okay, Colorado okay. and. Well, old doormat was Arizona, but you know, like pick it, Arizona. Sure, Oregon State. Oh, Wash. I mean, you you pick. I mean, who who's? T- tell me, a do- like the doormat of the conference two years ago was Oregon State. Okay. The doormat of the conference last, you know, not last, but the, the previous year was Colorado. All right, I'm going to be an impartial, so I, I'm okay. just going to go. And I know it's 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 just a, it's a simple sample, but I'm going to take 2023. So we're going to take the non-league out of it. Okay. Okay. So th- these are the two schedules, and you guys can just make mental notes and decide where you want to go. It was Colorado, Stanford, UW, Washington State, Utah, Cal, USC, Arizona State, Oregon State. Okay. Ooh, Arizona State, that could be a good one. That was 2023. Here's 2024. Okay, so we're we're gonna get rid of obviously we're getting rid of the the non-conference. Uh, UCLA, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, Illinois, Michigan, Maryland, Wisconsin, Washington. I just think that's tougher. But uh, but uh, of the schools that we mentioned, I still think <laughs> the four that. I'm the Big Ten or all, all I'm saying is at least I, I, I'm somewhere between the two of you on this. I think you guys are both dug in. But I will say just from a 2023 to 2024 standpoint, you can't tell me that 2024 isn't significantly harder than 2023. Okay. This is this is an entire half-hour segment. <laughs> but, but, we, but we are going to, you know, uh, you, you think you think UW's going to be good next year? UW lost 21 of their first 22 <laughs> On offense. Right. Again, you, you think UCLA is going to be good next year after losing their starting quarterback and their head coach? No, I think, UC, think with, I think UCLA is probably going to be rough. I didn't think UCLA was that good that year, but I'm not going to count out Washington, certainly because Oregon keeps saying that they're better than Washington and they keep beating them. So I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and say that Oregon's going to roll over Washington. That's what everyone keeps saying, and yet you can't do it. Okay. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying in your face. I, I, or Washington was better than Oregon this year. That, that's 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 a truth. I'm I'm saying next. We're talking about next. I'm year's just going schedule. next year's schedule. I think next year when you throw in just just the idea of throwing in Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, 
and then you still have some quality Pac-12 old foes because you're still going to play Oregon State. You're still playing UCLA, even though I don't think UCLA is very good. I'm with you on that. I'm not ready to write off Washington the but, way but, some. But no, no, no. Oregon State isn't in your isn't in your conversation because that, that's, it's not league. That's true. I guess I'm just saying you're 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 going to play them every year, right? So they're they're technically kind of grandfathered not, in. You can't say that they're not included, <laughs> and then all of a all of a sudden <laughs> come back. God you can't triple stamp a double stampy. You can't triple stamp a double stampy. I just I just think adding in schools. I'm I'm with you with some of the middle of the road stuff, but I think adding in some of those those games, just the idea of adding in Ohio State and Michigan State when you're still having to play most years USC and Washington, which were your two big opponents in the in the in the Pac-12. I think you're trading Utah. Like, and I'll give you the to me the the the, the wash is. I don't think there's a difference between Arizona State and Illinois and Cal and right. you know whatever. I'll, I'll wash that. But to me, you're trading. You're basically trading like Utah and and Arizona. Uh, who else? Like Washington State. You're you're trading some decent schools, and you're trading them for Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. I. I'll give you the bottom feeders. That's no different. But I think the top end, because you're still having to play the are the, the good quality teams from the Pac-12 on a year-to-year basis. I, I just think I, to me the top end is harder. I I, I don't. I, I think you'll end up playing one harder game a year. I mean, the, yeah. is the is the way that it works. One or out. two is I, I can't based on. Yeah, I mean that that's I I don't think. I don't think playing USC is any different than playing Penn state. I don't think that, you know, uh, like those, those games are, you know, you want to trade, you know, Washington and Michigan were essentially on par this year, right? Those are the two teams that played in the national championship game. The fact that you've got an 18 team league and you're not going to play them all, you're going to get one harder, harder game a year. Rutgers and Maryland, they're doormats. They're always going to be doormats in the same way that Cal is always going to be the doormat because certain schools are funded and certain schools aren't right. Like certain schools care about having a winning football program and certain schools say, sorry, you know what? Academics is more important to us. And that's, that's, you know, that that's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, the reality is you will get a harder game. You know, you'll sub out, you know, you'll lose a, you'll lose a cow and you'll gain a Wisconsin. Right. And, and that's going to be the difference between last year's schedule and this year's schedule. Watch out for the Boilermakers. I think we came to a somewhat, well, we all we have came to a middle ground. We have three separate opinions. He thinks the top it's, it's, the top is tougher in the Big Ten. I think it's deeper in the Big yeah. Ten, and you think it's about the same. Yeah, we're somewhere in the so know, let's let's on, fight. We're on the spectrum. I think I think Rutgers and Maryland and Illinois and Indiana and um, maybe not Minnesota. Uh, I think they're garbage. Okay. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're. They are no different. I would. I would rather play those schools than at Washington State. I'll tell you, tell you what, you, you tell me you're either going to the Palouse to play Washington state or you're going to any of those schools. And I would go to any of those schools any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Well, I guess uh, we'll find out. And when they lose on the road at Purdue, I will be the first to tweet at you. <laughs> the, the plus side is you can lose two, maybe even three yeah, games. And it doesn't really matter. Two will get in three. Eh, now you, you put yourself in harm's way. All right. We may not be friends anymore. Did, did we, did we just, did we, did we do well, some damage here? Your incessant yelling is, is tough. <laughs> I'm not yelling. I'm just on the phone. And so, 
Does it come across as yelling? No. I don't mean to be yelling. I'm, I'm sorry. Just, Rob's, Rob's sensitive. Just He's kidding. very fragile. He's a conscientious like, objector. I like sports fights. <laughs> Great. We got to be more East Coast. You know what we should do? You know what we should do is we should put on, we should go like box, ooh, full hockey goalie gear. <laughs> and then we take turns like hitting each other with hockey sticks <laughs> and see who's standing. I don't like that. <laughs> Rob's not into violence. Let's play I golf. I thought that was a sports fight. Let's play golf. Sports fight. Good sports fight. You and me golfing. How about that? Ah, man. With I, drinks. I can't even. I can, ooh. And the loser of this buys drinks. Oh, there you go. That's now what, we're on to something. That's now what we it is. It out. But we have to go to your country club. Uh, you mean Rose City? Yeah, or or my country club, Langdon Farms. <laughs> Sweet. We'll do a home and home. Gotta love public golf in Portland. That's right. You definitely do, sir. All right. Well, we got to go now. We no Super Bowl talk. We'll. Uh, Super Bowl wasn't even that important, other than nobody knew nope. the overtime rules. Big Ten is though. I didn't know the Big Ten would win the Super Bowl. You didn't know that? I was screaming at my TV. I was like, why aren't they calling timeout? They have 12 seconds left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you must not have been listening to the broadcast. They were telling us. They, you know, I mean, they said it on there. Who listens to the broadcast during the the Super Bowl? (laughs) Oh, my God. I was asleep at at one point during the halftime show. Dude, falling asleep during football is the best thing in the world. It's the best nap you can have. Feet up on the coffee table. You know, oh man! Do you fall asleep? Little nachos with... in the belly, man! It was a good Sunday. Do you you have... wake up and it's overtime. Jeez. Do you have the bourbon in your hand, and then you you're sleeping, but you don't spill it? I've done that before. I actually, I actually didn't have anything to. Uh, I had oh. nothing in the hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to yeah. go. We'll talk to you next week out at the Portland Auto Show. Oh, sweet! Let's talk cars. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Love you, buddy. Joe Harrington, courtesy of Mods PDX, the future of building is here. Coming up next, Club 1080 on the fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 